Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I've been a corporate flight attendant for over six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. This is season two, episode four, Don't Ask and Be a Team Player. Please give me five stars and tell a friend if you like this podcast. Make sure to check out freespiritpodcast.com. You can support this podcast and purchase my digital products and services made specifically for being a corporate flight attendant, including my corporate flight attendant book, which people love, and my LIS bundle, L-I-S-T-S, that includes the prep, deplane, catering go-to, and my highly sought-after packing list. And if you're into the metaphysical and spiritual, check out my podcast, Two Inches Off the Ground. You can always follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground on Instagram. I also have a new sponsorship program, which is super affordable. If you're someone that wants to get your business service product out to corporate flight attendants, this is the best way to do it. So definitely take a look at freespiritpodcast.com backslash sponsor, and you can read about the two tiers of where you can become a sponsor and you can support this podcast. And not only that, but get the word out about your product, service, or business. So there you go. I just want to um, tell everyone where I am health-wise. I'm in a much better place, but I'm really focusing on my health and staying in one place. So I haven't flown in quite some time and I don't see myself flying in quite some time just because I really want to stay grounded literally and just focus on my health because I think you guys know that, you know, some of these schedules, especially as a contractor are crazy and you're doing these overnight flights and you're changing time zones. And I don't think my body right now wants to go through that. So I am sticking on the ground. However, I will say I am married into this industry. So I am very connected with it. I also have so many friends and acquaintances and people that I am in contact with all the time who are in the industry. So, and I stay in the industry as best as I can as well. So that's where I am. I want to give you guys homework. I haven't given you homework in quite some time first part of the homework is to watch a show on HBO Max, if you have it, called The White Lotus. It's really funny. I'm sure a lot of you guys have watched it already. It's about a hotel in Hawaii, which was actually filmed at Four Seasons Maui. And it's about rich people and how they interact with the staff. And it's really funny. A lot of it reminds me of being a corporate flight attendant, how rich people act and how they're so challenging and demanding and what the staff goes through. And there's a character in it that basically says all rich people are crazy. And I think it's a good way to look at it because, you know, they live in a different reality. So it's a really good example of how to deal with the rich and what they expect. Another really good show on Netflix is called Inventing Anna. And it's the real life story of a woman who posed as a fake German heiress and she took New York society for millions. And the craziest part is that she stole a private jet and the company that she stole a private jet from, I worked for constantly for months. Also, one of the companies that she tried to swindle, I flew for that owner for years. So it really hits close to home 
So definitely take a look at Inventing Anna because that's, again, a really good case study into what the rich expect, what they're like, their behaviors, and that'll help you on the plane. What do I mean by don't ask and be a team player? I'm talking here about crew situation specifically, not passengers, just crew, meaning usually you as a flight attendant and two pilots, unless you're on a bigger private jet, unless you're on, again, a Boeing, you know, Boeing business jet or something like that. There may be crew situations where you observe something bizarre or you are immersed in something bizarre and it's best to keep your mouth shut. And it's a good example of using your intuition Or it's just a normal situation where you shouldn't initiate the conversation or ask questions, but instead answer what's asked of you. Okay. I know that sounds really vague, so we're going to break it down with a lot of examples. I took this trip where I flew with the chief pilot and then I flew with a contractor pilot. And we, we flew in to the FBO, to the location... And I really didn't get to talk to the chief pilot. He was really busy because the reason we flew into this FBO is they were looking at a plane and they were buying the plane. So they were looking at the plane for the last time, doing all the paperwork, dealing with all the legalities. I think we had a lawyer on the plane, the whole thing. So the chief pilot really, I mean, he basically helped fly the plane, got off and I I barely saw him. So I was there with the contractor pilot. And usually what happens is you go into the FBO, right, which you guys know is the small airport where you get all your services, where the passengers come in and they wait and the whole thing. So we walk into the FBO and they would not let us into the back where the crew lounge is. And the crew lounge is where they have all the nice Lazy Boy chairs and the TV and the sleep rooms. They wouldn't let us back there. And I couldn't figure out why. Now, keep in mind, the chief pilot had disappeared into into the back to sign all these documents and help the owner and everything. So we couldn't get a hold of him. Well, the contractor pilot was not happy. He was polite, but he definitely inquired at the front desk a couple times, why aren't we, why can't we go to the crew lounge? Which I get that because it's really odd that they wouldn't let us back there. So we had to stay where the passengers were, which was, it was fine, but it was a little odd. The way I looked at it, we only had four hours on the ground. Not a big deal. Uh, We went to the restaurant, which was uh, part of the FBO, and it was actually a really good restaurant. So that took up an hour. And then we had to go on the plane and start it an hour before, right? Do everything an hour before. So if you think about that, we're only sitting in the FBO for two out of the four hours. And I was like, I'm not going to complain. I remember it was a really sunny day and the FBO was glass, so... I was fine just sitting there doing whatever I was doing and getting, you know, soaking in the sun. It was fine with me. But the contractor pilot, he didn't make a super big deal out of it, but he definitely was questioning it. And you could tell the person at the FBO desk didn't know what to say and was coming up with these weird excuses. And I just sat in my seat in the FBO. So I didn't hear any of this. I just... You know, I heard bits and pieces, but you could tell the guy behind the FBO desk was sweating bullets. So finally, the contractor pilot dropped it and we went to eat and whatever. So we get back on the plane with the owner, the chief pilot comes out, we fly back and 
really, I hardly saw the chief pilot. You know, I basically didn't see him. And it was a short flight too. So it wasn't like I was seeing him, bringing him food all the time. It, it wasn't like that at all. Months later, I fly this account, but it's a longer trip. It's, let's say, two days, two nights. And we go, and I go to dinner with the chief pilot and his normal second in command. So the normal pilot that usually flies with him. They're super nice guys, super nice guys. And I'm sitting there with the chief pilot. And he said, yeah, and I know you flew with us before, but I can't remember the trip. And I said, oh, I flew with X. And I said the contractor pilot's name. And <laughs> the chief pilot was drinking a martini. I thought he was going to spit it all over. He said, oh my God, I did not realize you were on that trip, that trip. And I said, yeah, I was on that trip. And he said, I was going to call you and apologize for everything that happened, but I'm sorry. It just, things got so busy. And I said, for what? I said, there, uh, what happened? And he said, <laughs> Oh my God, the things that happen to me in this business. I just, just so you know, weird things happen to me all the time. This, this probably won't happen to you. I've said that now to you 500 times. So <laughs> anyway, he said that the contractor pilot was apparently unhappy because he didn't get a full-time position from the company that owned the FBO and wrote them a threatening, nasty letter to the point that they were afraid to have him <laughs> unsupervised in the crew lounge. They were afraid he was going to try to do something to the building or to the employees or whatever. And unfortunately, the chief pilot did not find out about this until he got into the FBO and they told him, oh, are you flying with this contractor pilot? here's what we have to do. But of course, the chief pilot is focused on the owner and buying this plane. He doesn't have time to do the whole thing. So that's why we were stuck in the lobby of the FBO the whole time. And I said, oh, that's why that happened. I, I didn't know what was going on. He said, I cannot believe you were on that trip. He said that was the craziest thing. So that was a good example of don't ask. You know, in that moment, I didn't ask. I didn't go into anything. I think the the contractor pilot came to me and said, oh my God, it's so weird. Why won't they let us in? And I think I echoed it and said, yeah, it is weird. But besides that, I didn't have anything else to do with the situation. So I just kind of let that one go. And I knew to do it intuitively. It worked for me with regards to being a team player because a chief pilot did not need to be brought back and brought in and focused on this whole thing. Again, I advise you, if your intuition says you're in a weird situation like that, maybe the best thing to do is just don't ask, let it roll off your back. You will find yourself in situations, and they're common, of why are we going to this one steakhouse every single time we fly as a crew? Why do we always have to eat dinner at Hooters when we're at this location? <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to defend the pilots just for a second here a bit. I've eaten at Piper's Kilt, which is basically the southern form of Hooters. I've eaten at Hooters with pilots, and I have never seen pilots be disgusting to the waitresses or leer at them. Or And if they're doing it, I'm not paying attention, or they're doing it very, you know, inconspicuously. So I've never seen anything, honestly, 
Most of them just want to go to these bars. They sit and watch the sports and eat the wings. I swear. (laughs) That's all they want to do. Honestly, the food there is fine. You know, you can just get a salad, whatever. So that's an idea where you just roll with the punches. Why do they keep going to these places out of, they have to go there. They can't go to anywhere down the street. Why does this happen? Because most likely it's an old guy who's the director of aviation or the chief pilot who likes his routine and won't stray from it. And I found that the pilots surrounding them, if they like their job, they'll just go along with it and they're happy to eat wherever. So you should adopt the same attitude. And you'll find that no one is telling you, why do we have to go to this steakhouse every single time? Why do we have to stay at this hotel that I don't like every single time? Because it's unspoken and it doesn't need to be said. And that's an instant where you don't need to ask. Just go along with it. It's fine. You can always find something at one of these places. Now, if you're someone who, let's say, just is morally opposed to eating at Hooters, then you can always speak up and just say, hey, I'd like to eat somewhere else, but you eat somewhere else. Or you can make up an excuse and make it sound good is all I have to say. Make it sound good. Because that's part of being a team player is eating with the team most of the time. And I've talked about that before. So just roll with it. Even if you're a vegan at a steakhouse, order a salad. Many times if you're flying contract, and especially if you're flying charter, the trip sheet will change a lot. And the trip sheet is where you get all your information. You get your PAX count. P-A-X is the shortened version for passenger. That's what we use. That's a term we use in the industry. Instead of saying passengers, how many passengers? It's how many packs. I have one packs. I have three packs. You get the point. So you find out things like that. PAX count, uh, times, depart, land, where you're going, hotels, FBOs, and then the trip sheet is also for the pilots that have all the fuel and all of those things. Now, the things you want to pay attention to on the trip sheet are obviously packs count. Obviously, you want to know when you depart. (laughs) That's a good thing to know. And then you also want to know and obviously know where you depart from, you know, is it White Plains? Is it Teterboro? But then your job is to know the catering, what the passengers requested catering-wise Or if they have another request that's directly for you, such as providing special slippers or a birthday party setup or a special robe, you never know. So you may receive five versions of this trip sheet because you're thinking, oh man, I got this trip sheet five days in advance. I'm solid. You're not solid because usually the trip sheet is not finalized until 24 hours before the trip, sometimes even less. So you need to get that in your mind and realize, okay, I got this version of the trip sheet. It gives me a basis, which is great, but especially in charter, especially in contract, they're probably going to change their minds five more times, add passengers, blah, 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 blah. I want you guys to understand that You can't call up dispatch and keep asking why the trip sheet changes. You know, you can't keep asking, hey, why does the FBO keep changing? Why is the PAX count changing? Why do we have different pilots? You will drive dispatch crazy. Just get in your mind, 48 to 24 hours before the trip, you will have a finalized trip sheet, most likely 24 
hours. But usually they'll give you something a couple days in advance to give you at least a general idea. And that's the best they can do because they're getting the information from these people's assistants, personal assistants, executive assistants, and they can only relay information when the owner or the person chartering that private jet decides to give them information. So we're all waiting on that, you know, that passenger and they may decide a different thing the, you know, the morning they wake up that day. So just be prepared. Once you know the account, you will know what to do. I had an account where the guy, when I would get the trip sheet, would list one passenger. And a lot of the times I have to say he just flew by himself, but he would just surprise, add people at the last minute, not tell anyone hell, it's his private jet, he can do what he wants. And all of a sudden, five people show up when I was expecting one. So I would always order food for four to five people. And luckily, because we, well, at least I live here in the US, and most of you do as well, the portions here are huge. So four to five American portions is like eight to 10 normal (laughs) portions. So That's a good way to go about it. So definitely don't bother the pilots or dispatch or the mechanic or anyone with questions about a constantly changing trip sheet. You will get the finalized one most likely 24 hours before. I hope this answers your questions. And just remember, if you're in one of these situations, don't ask unless you absolutely have to. Don't ask because I'll tell you pilots don't like to be bothered at all. They don't like a lot of texts. They don't like a lot of emails. They don't like a lot of words in the text or emails. You know, the best thing you can do is, okay, sounds good. Thank you. Thumbs up. That's it. So in these situations, don't ask unless you have to. That is part of being a team player is just keeping your mouth shut some of the time if you intuitively feel it and just going with the flow. Look for an episode to drop a couple weeks from now as usual. And until then, check out my products at freespiritpodcast.com to support this podcast and keep it going and happy flying.